0: good to anybody. Amen. Amen. I was thinking moments ago about this church. We have based our ministry on restoration and helping broken people. We really have. Because everybody comes to God some from somewhere in some way needing God. How I many needed Him? Amen. I look back and I think about what the Lord has done. And we believe in restoring and We've got Financial Peace University that I believe ended for some even this week uh, to help people understand finances and how to get out of debt. We've got Grief Share that Brother Dave and Sister Annie do, helping people come out of remorse, come out of grief. We've got uh, uh, Alcohol Chemical Treatment Series talking about coming out of addiction and coming out of anger. We have other classes about coming out of abuse. We even have a class in the church. It's very confidential. Has a own private line. They meet in their own location about abortion recovery. Ministering to hurting people. Amen. How many glad God healed you one day in your life? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. We're thankful for that. But we also believe that we can help you stay out of negative emotion. That the scripture says the way of a transgressor is hard. But how many know that there is a way of holiness? And a way of righteousness that's much easier. A way of knowledge. And we believe through teaching can help you avoid circumstances that are unnecessary. Preparing for things. And, and I look back at the goodness of people. And, and uh, one of the things I appreciate is Sister Wendy that is here tonight. I want her to stand. And uh, I appreciate you, sister, sister Gators. And because this man right here, Brother Brad, I want you to stand. He's living today because he carries her kidney. Won't be long, they'll be having another child. And uh, wouldn't be able to experience these joys of life. But because someone was willing to give. Isn't it a miracle that the first person tested in this church was a positive match and it was Sister Wendy? I think what well, to thank God for that. No greater love have a man than a man give his life. I think we had to stand to our feet and thank God for what Sister Wendy did for the miracle and Brother Brad. We're so glad about that. We really are. We're thankful for the goodness of God, the grace of God. And so here we are today and remain standing. And uh, here we are today. We're trying to help people through life. And in the last three years and maybe a little over three years now, this is the longest span we've been that somebody hasn't passed away in this church. A lot of amazing people that I won't start naming that are no longer a part of the church but died for different reasons. People, people from uh, in their 20s, even younger now in their elder age have passed away in the church. And what I found is a lot of people had always said one of these days I'm going to get this tank care of. One of these days, I'm going to get this, but most people think it will never happen to me. And I believe that, that life is better because of planning. Um, it was Paul that told Timothy, he said, I want you to come to me before winter. Even Proverbs teaches to prepare before winter. And there's a winter that's going to come to all of us one of these days. We don't like talk about it. We don't think about it very often. And we don't have to think about it very often. But we have to think about it and plan for it. And uh, how many have enjoyed the life group on Wednesday nights in the last, in the last five weeks or four weeks? How many appreciated that? <laughs> Next week, we're going to be talking about legacy drawer, uh, safety deposit box. Where are the papers that, uh, about what you have desired for your future? Whether you want to be cremated or buried. Uh, where you want to be buried, all those type of things. Who you want to preach, who you want to sing. All those things should be able to be found by people that love you. Life insurance policies, if anything is coming. It shouldn't have to be you go through 10,000 files to find one piece of paper. But that's most cases. It's most cases. People don't know where anything is. We believe that the children of God should be stewards of their time. And sometimes we're teaching how people how to live and we don't teach them how to die. And it creates unnecessary emotions. Can there be an amen in the building? We have tonight with us uh, Tim Thompson. Uh, he and his family run William Thompson Funeral Home. His dad uh, his dad was William Thompson or Bill Thompson. was uh, always very, very kind to me. I sat in many uh, hearths with him going to and from graveside services. And always very kind, very personable. And uh, it reminds me a lot of you really, you remind me a lot of your dad. And uh, Tim has always been a personable man. Uh, I'm always full of questions. i probably asked him more questions over the years than he wanted to hear. He and I have laughed together. We've cried together. And I'm sure we've prayed together in some of these moments with some of these tragedies we've dealt with. But Tim Tim comes tonight representing, uh, talking about planning for a funeral or future planning of a funeral. And it really does save your family members a whole lot of grief. It really does. If they know what you're thinking. I'll give you an example here. And just before he comes. If I died tomorrow as my friend just uh, three years ago passed away at 42. And uh, people would automatically be saying, What would pastor want for the future of the anchor? Am I right or wrong? You'd be thinking, What, what does he want? Who did he want to be the next pastor? I have all of that written out and spelled out very much in detail. Because who knows? I think I'm going to live forever. I might be 120 one of these days. Y'all still putting up with me for everybody that lived that long. Uh, but uh, if not, there is a plan in place. And Sister Jackie knows exactly where it is. that going to be accessing you know what I'm thinking. Not because I don't have faith, but why? Because I believe it's stewardship to take care of the future if I'm gone. Can you say Amen? And I believe that type of responsibility lies upon parents and spouses. Uh, I really do. To take care of when you're gone. And we're so glad. And uh, we didn't just have you because you have a son named Aaron. We have you because we like you and we know you'll do a great job. Aren't we glad to have Tim Thompson with us? Amen. Director of William Thompson Funeral Home. Would you welcome him as he comes to speak tonight?
1: First, I wanted to thank Pastor Aaron Bounds for inviting me here tonight. And um, hopefully, feel free to be seated. Don't stand. I hope that some of this information I share with you will be beneficial. Um, kind of jumping in, kind of Pastor Bounds kind of led into a little bit, you know, as far as pre-planning. Just picture a time where that phone call rings, that dreaded phone call, it might be 3 a.m., 3 p.m., and a loved one's passed away, and you're thinking, what do I do now? And um, let me first start where, um, where the death might occur and some of the things that will, you'll be kind of, steps you'll be following through. If the uh, death occurs in a hospital setting, um, questions will come up to the next of kin If you want to be the deceased to be an organ donor Um, if someone I'm sure everyone's aware of you know you can get your driver's license to BMV and they'll ask you if you want to be an organ donor those folks that have um, signed on as being an organ donor then those wishes will be carried out at the time of death and the immediate family members cannot um, trump that and, and and change those wishes. Now if a person passes away and they didn't make that decision, then the hospital will, you know, approach the family. Now the hospitals, what happens is um, they are regulated by the a federal agency called the Centers for Medicaid and Me- Medicare and Medicaid Services and they are administer the Medicare program and they also regulate hospitals, any hospitals that get any uh, reimbursement from the government. So the hospital is required by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to report every death that occurs in the hospital setting to an organ procurement organization. Um, in this geographic area here, it's um, the acronym is LOOP, L-O-O-P, and that stands for Lifeline of Ohio Organ Procurement. And they are the um, entity in this area, and those agents from that organization will reach out to the next of kin and ask if they would like to consent to be, for the deceased to be an organ donor. And then if they consent to that, then they will do a Um, extensive kind of medical history of the deceased and if they're suitable then there might be organ tissue and eye um, donations made so that's something that um, if the death occurs in a hospital setting that's you know you're going to encounter that situation Um, if a death occurs in a nursing home that won't apply if a death occurs in a home different scenarios, if there's person is under hospice care, um, then they will contact the family physician and then they will reach out and call the funeral home of the choice of the family on your behalf. If, um, if a death would occur and it's unattended by a doctor or nurse there or just a sudden death, then um, law enforcement has to be notified. Um, most instances, um, EMS personnel will go as well as either the police um, officer or a sheriff deputy wherever depending on the place of death where the death occurred and um, if it's out in a rural area where I am um, I deal with the sheriff's department a lot on home deaths and um, the deputy will go to the scene um, if everything looks natural and nothing suspicious or unusual um, They'll reach out to the county coroner and a coroner or one of his uh, assistants will go to the scene, most situations, and then um, if everything looks natural, they'll release then the body to the uh, funeral home of choice. Now um, if there's anything suspicious or unusual, the coroner then may order an autopsy. If a coroner orders an autopsy, then that's what will happen. The family really can't um, object to that. Um, So that's just a little bit um, information there. Now as far as um, pre-planning some people will just um, pre-plan their funeral arrangements. Some people go a step further and even uh, pre-pay for their funeral expenses. Um, There will be out in the uh, north X area on the information table i have some pamphlets there and then the church also has a, a kind of form just a uh, a nice uh, layout of just basic things to consider at the end of life um, there's your know, funeral home choice if you're wishing burial or cremation do you have a cemetery lot um, as far as what your funeral what you would want as a part of that, special readings, special music, pallbearers, um, that sort of thing The kind of, there's a, like it'll be a form out there that you can take home and um, you can just do that at your leisure. So, um, you know, as far as the pre-planning, if you share those wishes for your family, you don't even feel like you have to go to the funeral home. You've done that first step. I see families, you know, not a lot of people come to the funeral home and make those pre-arrangements. What spurs most people in my situation is where a loved one will be uh, maybe in a nursing home and on Medicaid and for an extended period of time and they see how costly it is for monthly care at a nursing home. And they might have a nest egg of $100,000 and they see it just disappearing rapidly. And then they'll work with, um, they, social workers at high department job and family services and they will encourage the family go to the funeral home of your choice prepay your funeral put into an irrevocable pre-need funeral contract and safeguard that money so it's there to pay for funeral burial expenses um those um so that's what spurs really most people to come to the funeral home and pre pay their arrangements now as far as um, besides funeral expenses you know then another thing is cemetery um, if a person doesn't have a cemetery lot then there's that expense for the lot um, there's also the opening and closing fee at the time of death which is the cemetery personnel digging and filling the grave and then there's also you know probably some kind of marker to permanently mark the grave so Cemetery expenses can, can, you know, be in the thousands of dollars depending on, um, you know, what cemetery. Because even around here, um, lots can vary quite a bit in the cost of a lot. Um, and also the opening and closing charge um, can vary quite a bit. Um, also, I want to mention, um, I'll stick around when the service is over. And if anybody has any questions or anything for me, I'd be glad to assist you in that way. Um, Like what else I wanted to... um, Now as far as um, funeral arrangements, um, you know, there's, if a person hasn't shared with their loved ones, you know, if they want to have a traditional service with burial or cremation. So just even that, if that is, those wishes are shared with your family, that can ease a lot of burden um to know what those you know wishes are um as far as I'm seeing and it's across the country more and more people opting for cremation um for a number of reasons I think our society is more mobile families get scattered and um and our thing is cost too the uh, far as a cremation is significantly less expensive than a traditional burial on a cemetery lot um But as far as, you know, I serve a lot of families that opt for cremation, but even with that, there's uh, various options. Some people will wish just for an immediate cremation with no services or anything or no viewing. Um, That's an option. Some people will have a um, public or private viewing of the casketed body followed by cremation. And then others might have a cremation then followed by a memorial service at a later date. A memorial service kind of by definition would be a service where the body is not present. So, and those could be held at the funeral home, at a church, or, you know, even at their um, private residence. So, um, lots of options with families that want to have a cremation. with the traditional burial, um, with that, there's um, you know, casket selection, vault selection. And I've seen families that have prepaid for traditional funerals where um, they don't have to go up to, to the casket selection room and make those decisions, it's just a heavy burden that's lifted off their shoulders because you know, even when. I'll just share with you, when my, when my dad passed away, it was suddenly, he was in a car accident here, um, just two miles from White Cottage. And uh, they transported him from um, Genesis up to uh, Grant Hospital in Columbus, and um, he hung on for a couple of days up there. But um, he had not even shared with me, Tim, this is, you know, the casket and vault that I want it. And at the time, um, my mom and my brothers and sisters were making these decisions, and um, they basically just left it up to me as far as that casket selection. And I said, you know, I'm just going to use the same casket that my father selected for his father. I thought, if that's what he selected for his dad, I'll do the same. But um, so I guess... So, here in my situation, there were decisions that weren't made, and, um, you know, families I see all the time that don't have any prearrangements. arrangements, they they get through it, and with God's help, they get through it. But, you know, if you can make some decisions ahead of time, it does ease the burden for the surviving family members, and uh, because there's just so many decisions to be made at the time of death. Um, you know even with my dad's death I know uh, when he passed away um, I brought his body back to to the funeral home and I did the embalming and kind of coordinated and arranged all the services one thing that I didn't do was the obituary and my dad was in a lot of um, organizations and things and I was um, so grateful with my sister Tara uh, took it upon herself to write up the obituary and it kind of took some of the stress off my shoulders and um so like I say I just was grateful got a big family and and everyone worked together and and uh, we had a very nice service for my father and and um anyway um like I say I don't think I have too much more but I um like I say I definitely will, will stick around and um for questions and answers, and like I say, there are some pamphlets in the back, and um, so anyway, thank you very much for having your time.
0: I uh, I think one of the things is, and 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 Tim can answer this uh, for you tonight, but. Uh, um, one of the surprising things is open and the closing of the grave if there's not pre-planned for that what is the average about of maybe purchasing a lot the open and closing of a grave how much would that be maybe on average
1: well just to give you probably as far as the opening and closing I found in cemeteries here in Muscam County it will vary from about $500 to about $1500 for just the opening and closing of the grave um, as far as Costs of a lot or burial space, um, I don't get involved in that very much. That's between the family and the cemetery because you're purchasing a piece of real estate if it's one grave or a whole lot, which is typically four graves, and, um, and a cemetery will issue a deed for that. But as far as single grave spaces, um, they vary from about $150 to over 1000 just in this general area, um, so there's, like I say, a lot of, lot of variation in those cemetery costs. Um, as far as funeral costs, um, cremation, um, as I mentioned, it's significantly less than a traditional service with a casket and vault selection. Um, cremation, if there's just an immediate cremation with no, excuse me, no services, no viewing or anything, um, you're in a probably $2,000 range um, if you go with a traditional funeral with casket purchase and vault purchase and your cemetery maybe open and closing charge um, a lot of funerals in that eight to ten thousand dollar range so you can see the the significant variation and um, I'm finding families that I serve um, versus 25 30 years ago not as many families have life insurance um, i can go back to the 80s when families would have a five thousand dollar life insurance policy and in that time frame uh, that was enough to have a nice funeral with a casket and vault and cemetery and a whole bit um, and that's now it's basically about doubled and so you, i still run into families sometimes that have that little five thousand dollar policy and think it's still going to cover everything. I run into families that don't have any life insurance at all. So sometimes for, like, say, those financial reasons, I see more and more families opt for the cremation. I
0: think that, I think that answers that. And I think we ought to give him a hand. Aren't we appreciative <laughs> that he's taking time to be here tonight? And uh, one of the things you run into, and I guess there are payment plans and things of that nature, That can happen, but you're looking at with the lot and the opening and closing, that's pretty much cash up front that they want that to be done pretty fast. That's sort of out of their hands. Is that correct? Yeah, and so, uh, you know, we don't like talking about these things, do we? No, we don't. We don't like talking about it, but it is necessary. And you can say, and it's like the one guy said, he said, who cares? I'm going. Well, you probably ought to care because somebody else's going to be crying and uh, taking care of that emotion and making sure that things are in order. You know, when the prophet Isaiah uh, came to Hezekiah, he said, "Set your house in order." He said, "Because you're going to die." How many's ever read that verse? "Set your house in order because you're going to die." Of course, what did he do? He went and begged God to live, and he lived for 15 more years, and in 15 years he destroyed everything he had done in 14. He should have went when it was time, but there's most people would say, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. Isn't that the truth? But when he says set your house in order, I believe this is what he's talking about. You need to set what is going to be uh, the last will and testament of your estate. Who is it going to go to? Uh, what you want? What are your final wishes? We don't want to talk about that, but it's necessary to talk about that. I think we ought to stand and give our guest a hand and doing a great job tonight. And um, we are, we appreciate that that he is, he has taken time to be with us. Um, have you gotten a wheel? Have you gotten a wheel? Have you gotten that taken care of? Uh, have you purchased a lot somewhere? Um, and you can be seated just for a couple minutes. A few things I just want to mention to you tonight. My dad said my dad said when he and his he and mom. Uh, David was just a little boy. He's about two, two and a half years old, running around. Said that the the uh, salesman they used to go door to door and sell lots, and uh, so the salesman for the great plot showed up at his house. Said he was well dressed, very well trimmed, had a great presentation. Asked if he can come in the house. They let him sit down on the couch, and that was the first mistake. Said so he sat down on the couch and said the guy was absolutely good at what he did. Before it was over, over with, he was talking about little David and and uh, what a beautiful family and what a good looking kid and be terrible that he's the, the little boy is going to be left with no parents and, and all. And dad said the next, no, no, he and mom were crying, and they were crying right out a check for a grave plot at 20, 24 years old, whatever it was, and and said uh, the guy's left and the check going away down the road. And dad dad looked at mom and said, what are we doing? We're in our early 20s. Dad chased the guy down the road and said, I need that check back. (laughs) He went and got it back. (laughs) Uh, We don't like to think that's going to happen. But the reality is there needs to be a plan. At what age do you need to make that plan? When you know you're settled, when you know where you want to be, and I think there needs to be some level of plan uh, for the end of life. You can save a lot of people, a lot of emotions, I can't tell you how many times I've had people say to me, "I just wish I knew what they wanted. been married to them for 20 plus years, and they don't know what they want. Why? Because we want to talk about everything but these moments. We need to have conversations about what do we want. Let's talk about cremation for a moment. Uh, how many ever thought about not being cremated? You know, I, I hear that not being cremated almost a Christian conviction in some places. How many were planning on being buried? Or at least you thought about it. You haven't planned on it, but you thought about it. Uh, buried. Why burial over cremation? Why not cremation? And so I get this question. I get this question a lot. I've never addressed it publicly. Maybe one time when I preached about the bones of the scripture. When you read scripture, you'll find that the scripture says with Jesus, not one of his bones were what? Broken. Not one of his bones were broken. And if you go back and study in scripture, you'll find in the valley of dry bones, he collected the bones back hand, hand to arm and, and the leg to the hip bone. We used to sing that at Sunday school, didn't we? And uh, the bones came back together and then the sinew in the body and the breath in the body. But the bones were still present after the sinew and the tissue were gone. When you study Elisha, Elisha uh, was placed in a grave his last miracle, which was the double portion of Elijah's miracle, they threw a dead man. and When he landed a soldier, when he landed in Elisha's grave, there was power in the bones, and he stood up. You imagine throwing the dead man in a grave, and you look back, and he's chasing you? That's a miracle. <laughs> and so uh, in me, if you ask him what I'm going to do, I'm not planning on being cremated, I, I, not because I think you can't. But if you're asking me, and people say when they can't make up their mind, they'll say, Pastor, what would you do? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'd do. I'm planning on being buried. And that's my, my plan. I'm not planning on being cremated. And uh, I just don't like that thought personally. Uh, do I believe that there's spiritual ramifications of being cremated? I don't. I can't find that in Scripture. Because the Bible says that death and hell shall both bring forth. Even if they were in the sea, it shall bring forth. And so uh, we believe that the body's temporary anyhow. Isn't that the truth? I mean, know that the, the body returns dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Our spirit returns to the Lord, and our soul will be in the hands of God. And so uh, with this, you have to decide what you want in your life and communicate that. And so we have a form in the information booth. This is, I'm, I'm doing this to help your family. Really am. By that, I'm helping you. And uh, how many know this is right? You never thought you, some of you never thought you'd go to church on a Wednesday night and we'd have a funeral director here talking about planning your funeral. Yeah. But here we are. And it's, it's the right thing to do. I've walked into a house of many a people grieving over the loss. And the next day they have to take care of business. And they grieve to go to the funeral home and have to try to figure out, and I've watched many people do this. I just don't know what to do. I just, I just can't, I just can't make another decision. You don't have to if the decision's made on this side. And I believe it's stewardship to find out and have questions like, will the house be paid for if you pass? What's going to happen to the cars? It's best to have those signatures on the house and the cars uh, have those to where if one dies, the other one immediately receives that. And uh, why? So you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go to probate court. I've seen people have to pay thousands of dollars to keep what already belonged to them. Why? Because it just wasn't talked about. These moments weren't, weren't, weren't discussed. And so, um, uh, Mr. Thompson's going to be here. He's going to stay and linger for a little bit. If you have any questions you'd like to ask him, you can. And I've done many funerals with him. I trust him and, uh, to give great guidance and great answers. And you can ask him uh, direct questions. He'll give you a direct answer. And, um, but can I get a witness for somebody? We're just waiting on the rapture. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. We could dismiss this service tonight by singing when we all get to heaven. Amen. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Day of rejoicing that will be. Let's all stand. Amen. I heard I heard somebody that was at a church that a preacher was preaching. He was against alcohol, you know, and he kept preaching and he said the whole time he was preaching. He was talking about what he's going to do with all the alcohol. He said, I'm going to take it down to the river. When I find, they, I, when I find beer, I'm going to go down to the river and said, he's going to dump all of that beer in the river. said, he started talking about liquor. He said, I'm going to take all the liquor. And I'm, when I get it, he said, able to get it, I'm going to take it and pour it down at the river. He got on wine. He said, I'm going to take every bottle of wine. I'm going pour it, to pour it into the river. He said, wouldn't you know they dismissed service that day by singing, shall we gather at the river? <laughs> oh, my lands. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. You'll be a blessing to your spouse and your kids by having this conversation. Paul looked at Timothy and again, he said, he said, come to me before winter. Bring my parchments and bring my cloak. If there is something I've noticed is that Sometimes we, as apostolic people, can be very spiritual and not very intentional. Very prayerful, very spiritual people, but business sometimes lacks. God requires us to take care of business. Look at your neighbor and say, You need to take care of business. Who's your power of attorney? If something happens to you, who's going to get your kids? Something happens to you Who's going to get your inheritance So those things can all be spelled out Can somebody say amen? amen Look at your neighbor and say Go take care of business Next week I don't know what song They're going to plan on singing tonight but It's probably not gathered at the river I don't think <laughs> Maybe when we all get to heaven uh, Next week we're going to talk about legacy drawer Okay Where are the papers Where is the life insurance policy? What does the job insurance provide when something happens? Sometimes the vehicles are paid for. You need to know those things. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to know those things. I've seen people get surprises and find out everything gets paid for. Then I've seen other people get surprised and they lose everything. Then they they lose a spouse, they lose the home, they lose the car, they lose everything. And, uh, Sometimes just a little bit of planning, and everybody say just a little bit of money. I've seen policies of small, like $15 to $20, that provide enough insurance money to pay for the whole funeral. I've had people call me up and say, I just want to give her a proper burial. I just can't stand the thought of mom not having a proper burial. And they can't get enough money, and then they're calling the church. We can not have enough money to provide for every funeral they call for. But if that was taken care in advance and some type of insurance, you could live better. And I want everybody to say this. I want confidence in God. Sometimes just taking care of business gives confidence in your marriage. Knowing everything's going to be all right. How many believe everything's going to be all right? Amen. Let's clap our hands and thank God. Let's talk about living for just one moment here. There are so many miracles happening in this church. We have seen so many dynamic miracles. I look at, it, I just, re, I just made reference to one here. That's a, that's a God blessed. They've never seen anybody recover as well. Am I right? They never seen anybody that didn't even need pain meds when she came out of surgery from a kidney. I mentioned that, but we have seen so many miracles in in this church dynamic miracles, heart valves, tumors disappear, liver disease. One thing after another we've seen God do because we know that God can do that. Since we started fasting and praying for Megan, for the last four days she's been able to eat solid food and keep it down. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Praise God. I may believe he's able to heal cancer. He is able to do exceeding, abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I believe if you need a miracle tonight, God's able to give you that miracle. I mean, no, there is something powerful that by His stripes we are healed. Somebody shout, by His stripes, we are healed. I want you to bring somebody to church with you on Sunday and believe that no matter what's going on in their life, He can set them free there's a power of God I just want us to reach out to him right now love him before we go tonight thank you for your presence and thank you for your spirit we thank you God for who you are we want to be wise yet spiritual and yet we want to be spiritual and wise we believe that you're able to heal anything and heal anybody God I know that you're able I pray a blessing over everyone that has come in this room today. You would bless them for taking time, coming out of their hard day of work and busy schedules to be here, Lord, for a Wednesday night Bible study. Even some very young, that maybe this goes past them, but God, I pray you'll bless them for being at your house. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, and everybody says, Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Uh, Tim